Lord's Health System, one of the region's leading healthcare providers, proudly presents Lord's Health Talk. Here's Melanie Cole. Our Lady of Lords Medical Center now offers a new device to help reduce stroke risk in patients with heart defect, and you might be surprised by what it's made of. My guest today is Dr. Ibrahim Musa. He's an interventional cardiologist with Lords Health System. Dr. Musa, tell us a little bit about patent foramen ovale and atrial septal defects. What are they and how common are they in the general population? Hi, and thanks for giving me the opportunity to discuss this interesting topic. Um, so patent foraminal valley uh, and atrial septal defects. Uh, as we know, the heart is made out of four chambers. There's two top chambers and two bottom chambers. Uh, during uh, fetal developments, those chambers kind of start as being one big chamber and they divide into four are uh, the topic of discussion is the top two chambers, and they have a, a divider between them. It's called the atrial septum. Uh, that septum is made out of two membranes, and they uh, grow into each other, and they close that hole uh, during uh, normal fetal development. Uh, the the hole stays open uh, as we grow into our mother's womb because it's important as it carries the blood from the placenta, uh, oxygenated blood, and uh, gives that uh, a route for that oxygenated blood to get to the brain and viral tissue, vital tissues. And uh, as we uh, are born, when we are born and take our first breath, that hole closes. Uh, some people uh, uh, have per a persistent hole. It doesn't close right. It doesn't seal. And if that hole remains slightly open, it's called a patent foraminal valley. And if it stays wide open, it, it's an atrial septal defect. Um, I hope this kind of answers the, the question. Is this something that you detect right at birth? Are there some symptoms? And if the person is older and it hasn't been detected, have these been associated with migraines? And I mean, how would you know if you had one? Okay, so we don't really screen for patent uh, foraminal valley at birth. Uh, the atrial septal defects are actually uh, uh, more noticeable and uh, they can, if they're big enough, they can uh, lead to the baby looking blue at birth or hypoxic or low oxygen level because there's quite a bit of shunting. In those situations, we, you know, the pediatric cardiologist will do an echocardiogram and they picked up. The PFOs actually are very common. 20% of the population walk around with a patent foraminal valley. Uh, they come in different shapes and sizes. So they could be a pinhole, um, completely asymptomatic, and some of them are more pronounced that there's a flap, almost like a, a curtain that opens and closes uh, intermittently depending on the pressures and the straining. If the person is straining, lifting something heavy, and those are have been associated with strokes and migraines, actually. Um, we uh, detect them uh, incidentally most of the time uh, when somebody gets an echocardiogram for other reasons. 
Uh, we don't. There's no indication to screen for them in the general population because, uh, like I said, 20% of us walk around with a hole in our heart that is so insignificant. And unfortunately, sometimes the first time we detect them is when a person gets a stroke. When is surgery to close the hole a discussion? Tell us about this new device that Lord's Interventional Cardiologists are using called the Gore Cardioform. And is it really made of the fabric that's similar to that found in durable waterproof clothing like Gore-Tex? Correct. So uh, when we're looking to evaluate a patient who um, had a stroke, um, we look for, there's many reasons to a patient could have a stroke, but uh, recently um, uh, new studies showed that there's benefit to closing uh, PFOs in the younger population that uh, you ruled out every other cause of stroke. Um, and they're called cryptogenic stroke. The way um, um, the, the procedure is done usually through the groin, a minimally invasive procedure uh, requires a 24-hour hospital stay, but uh, the FDA recently approved the cardioform devices made out of cortex, correct? And it's made out of two discs. Uh, one disc uh, sits in the left atrium, and the other disc uh, sits on the r- uh, right side, and uh over time, the body seals the hole by growing a layer of skin, if you would, um, around those discs and completely seals the hole. Um, that's uh, causing what we call a paradoxical embolus or blood clot going from the right side to the left side and going to the brain and causing the stroke. That's fascinating. So this septal occluder, this thing that closes off the hole... It's made of this material, which I think is just so interesting. Why was that material chosen, do you think? Does it allow flow back and forth? What is it actually doing? The material has been used in surgical devices and implant for many years, and it's been safe proven to be safe and the body doesn't reject it. As you know, um, there are certain material foreign bodies that, uh, are implanted in the human body, uh, it's going to be rejected. The body will mount a reaction to it, clot it off. Uh, but uh, this uh, device fabric was chosen for that first. Um, and then uh, because of its flexibility and conformability to the structure, the cardiac structure, because the heart is actually, you know, uh, three-dimensional. This is pretty flexible, and when it sits there, it actually takes the shape of the right atrium and the shape of the left atrium and um, uh, has low risk of uh, infection or uh, eroding into adjacent structures. That's so cool. Will this gore implant be affected by medical imaging methods, household appliances, security sensors? Once it's implanted, is it then something that needs to be cared for or watched? So after the implant, people, we we tell our patients to avoid contact sport for one month. Uh, They are on uh, baby aspirin for life and Plavix, which is another antiplatelet to uh, give the chance for the body to coat the device with a layer of skin so it does no clots form on it. Uh, really, um, there's no issues with MRIs. Uh, uh, we we um, 
uh, advise the patient uh, if they're going undergoing dental procedures to have prophylaxis with antibiotics to prevent the device from, of being infected uh, from being infected. Again, until the body uh, coats it with a layer of cells. So the the main issues with um, uh, or the main concerns uh, or care is the six months after the implant. But after that, they can lead a normal life. It would. It shouldn't interfere with anything that they're doing, uh, x-rays, MRIs, walking through an, uh, the scan at the airport. Doctor, how do you select optimal candidates for this procedure? Tell us a little bit about patient selection criteria, and do you have some outcome predictions? Yes. So, um, as I mentioned before, 20% of the population walk around with a small hole in their heart. And we don't want to close every single one of them because some of them are completely asymptomatic. So a lot of um, thought and a multidisciplinary uh, uh, approach um, goes into the decision-making of who gets uh, a closure device. Usually, uh, it has to be a cryptogenic stroke. That means we ruled out every other cause of stroke like atrial fibrillation or an irregular heart rhythm that can cause blood clots from forming in the heart to begin with, uh, clots uh, inside the heart on the left side um, caused by valve problems, uh, plaque in the main vessel of the body called the aorta, blockage in the brain arteries, so once all of these have been rolled out and we find that there's a hole uh, in the heart uh, in a younger person in, from their teenage years to their 60s and uh, the hole looks uh, like it's high risk to transmit a blood clot from the right side to the left side. Um, these are the patients that are, uh, that are being shown based on studies uh, to benefit from a closure device. Um, the reason why we close them, because otherwise those patients, if we don't close their uh, hole, they will end up with, or their PFO, they will end up on blood thinners for the rest of their life. And uh, giving a young person who's a 28-year-old uh, or 30-year-old blood thinners, strong blood thinners for the rest of their life carries its own risks of bleeding. Um, Post-closure, they only need to be on blood thinners for six months and then they lead a normal life after that. What a fascinating topic. Dr. Musa, wrap it up for us. What would you like the listeners to take away from this knowledge of PFOs, atrial septic defects, and this new gore cardioform septal occluder that you're able to use at Lourdes Medical Center? So, um, you know, first, not all patients with a PFO require closure. Um, uh, a thorough analysis of potential stroke risk factors is important prior to uh, putting the device in. Uh, I want to emphasize that if the patient qualifies procedure, it's a simple, minimally invasive procedure uh, with a 24-hour hospital stay done through the vein, uh, through a vein from the groin. Um, and certain features of a PFO uh, picked up usually by an echocardiogram shows whether it's risky or not risky. Um, and um, the trial that looked at these, uh, if our listeners are interested, is called the RESPECT trial, demonstrated reduction uh, in recurrent stroke among carefully selected patients with a PFO. 
Thank you so much. What a fascinating topic. Thank you for coming on with us today, Dr. Musa, and explaining it so very clearly so that people really have an understanding of this of this material and this implant and how it can help reduce the risk of stroke. This is Lord's Health Talk. For more information, please visit lordsnet.org. That's lordsnet.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for tuning in.